Welcome to Making a Jump with Richard Oberger, PhD in clinical psychology and sports psychology, uh, and me, Lorinda Phillips, MCC in business and retirement coaching as your co-host. Can't wait to speak with Dr. Lena Shamil. Excited to talk about that, her doctoral research and all her growth from being a professional figure skater from, it's hard to say that, even from childhood, right? From right. Like- Exactly. Age or before, if I'm to be corrected, but uh, an amazing individual and leader on studies of positive well-being and coach relationships and tremendous impact for athletes and coaches out there. Yeah. And I really can't wait to, to talk with her. Um, you know, I just think the, her, the combination of obviously discipline and athleticism and poise and grace. So um, she exemplifies I, all of that. And again, right? I'm a clinical psychologist, host of the Richard Listen Show, and can be reached at Richard Listens on Facebook, Instagram, or richardlistens.com. I'm excited to be here and uh, hope we're adding value to all of our listeners and subscribers out there through making the jump. Me too. That's Lorenda as well. I'm the owner and founder of Retire from Sports. I've been working with athletes for the past three years. And I've been coaching business owners for 20. And I really hold it that athletes are future leaders and that their stories inspire all of us, but particularly those that are in transition. So uh, without any further ado, I'd love to introduce Lima. She is currently working toward a license for her postdoc. And I didn't realize, so I'm very excited about that for her. As a former competitive elite athlete in figure skating and a former national level coach, Lena has a special interest in athlete mental health and well-being. Her clinical research experience includes female athlete, coach, athlete relationships, and athlete well-being. So I can't wait to have her on. Hey, Lena, you know, tell us a little bit about the journey it was for you um, as a young person uh, in the area of ice skating. Wow. Yeah, it's a very unique journey. Was it six years old or earlier? No, earlier. My mom mentioned she took me at the age of like three and a half just for fun. And I had my first competition when I was four. So in, yeah, so 84, I got my first little ribbon. It was a fifth place ribbon. And I remember going out there all by myself. Um, I forgot what kind of music it was, but my dress was same dress. I had my tap dance title (laughs) and I ended up tripping and falling into the board, like into the wall. And I, and I got fifth place, I got a fifth place ribbon, um, but that obviously did not deter me and I kept going. So it must be so scary going out there on your own. <laughs> oh, I think what I remember is that it was, I don't know, it was neither scary, but it was scary when I was falling and I looked up at my coach, it's like, keep going, keep going. And so I just remember that. So really, yeah. Yeah, early coaching. I feel, yeah, foreshadowing. Wow, early <laughs> lesson of like, right? okay, I'm a, I gotta keep, I gotta keep myself motivated, keep moving. Right, I gotta get up. I gotta get up. So yeah, so that was that was when it all started, and then just started, you know, recreationally. And about seven years old, seven years old, I started in USFS, um, you know, competitive route. And so that's when, you know, every year you take tests um, and then you move up to the next level where you have various jumps you learn. And 
and um, just I just started to become more and more dedicated and um, yeah more and more dedicated and I've had I was speaking with a friend of mine uh, who was also a former leaders leader talking about would we put our kids at work or you know would them uh, you know an instrument or to play an instrument and it was something that I had to learn at a young age to pick like a sport. I was involved in dance, gymnastics, and at a very young age, I had to choose between like ballet and figure skating mm. or gymnastics or figure skating. It was always like, well, you can't do both, you can't do both. And I always felt really cheated. Like, wait a minute, why not? But um, but the more I practiced, the more I started training, you understand that all of your time really needed to go into this one thing because there were so many other things that I had to attend to, I had to do dance. I had to attend to strength training um, in order to build up these other different muscles that I needed for skating. So, right. so although you were skating, you also used a lot of other athletic, artistic kinds of expression. Exactly. So in some ways you were able to get quite a bit. Which I really enjoyed because it allowed me to be really musical and really have that artistic side of skating, but also really to understand, you know, that I needed to learn jump spins and and every year was a group of things that I needed to master in order to move on to the next level and falling and injuries, you know, going to the orthopedist and going to that clinic, like all the time, seeing all the different doctors, you know, ankle doctor, back doctor, shoulder doctor, hip doctor, you know, along the career, my career and injuries played a huge part and the community played a huge part in, in kind of helping me keep going. And um, yeah, because I, I made it to the senior most level, what they call senior ladies. Um, I was about 17, 16, 17 when that happened. And so it was triple jumps and flying spins and doing two freestyle programs, a short, which is, um, which is around two and a half minutes and a long program, which is about four minutes. And um, the long program, you can, it's a more of a freestyle, so you could put anything you wanted in there choreographically, you know, jump wise. Um, short program was more technical, so you needed to hit certain jumps, hit certain spins that they ask you. So, um, so that only happens in the higher, more, you know, the higher most levels. And so that was really fun to do because you really get to show your personality through that. And that was a part for me. That was a side that I loved, the artistic part and the, the choreography. And because the jumps weren't really my my consistent. I It was very difficult to keep those consistently. I injured, I broke my ankle on the double axle when I learned that. And that was kind of the, I don't know, that was kind of the litmus test of continuing mm. to go on. Mm. And that usually happens around like 11 years old, uh, maybe earlier, 10, where you get to that level. Uh, you start, you learn all of your double jumps. There's about like nine of them. And then you hit this double axle, which two and a half times around. And then after that, you start learning triple jumps. So if you don't get that double axle nice assistant, it's kind of like, well, you're either stay or you go really yeah so that was a difficult um kind of a reality check at that point so was it like uh social wise like you're you're up early and in the rink is there any chance to like hang out with the other girls are they all your competition like is there any normal social process that was happening for you or what was your version yeah well i well in my for my experience i'm, I'm sure i think it was for most of the girls that were kind of training with me but yes they are your competition 
um, if they're around the same level. And for me, most of my competition around in my generation, we had a very, very strong region. So in the Southwest region, a lot, like our region was always the top four, top half of the path, wow. all these competitions. And so um, when we trained together, we kind of knew that, you know, um, but we all grew up together. So it was, you know, there was some of that cutthroat competitive feeling and competitive like aura, but at other times it was very familial. Um, there was a lot of social interaction, a lot of friends, you know, you're at the rink all the time. And so that kind of, it doesn't leave that much time for friends outside of skating mm. and growing up and, and being a girl also, I think growing up with like friends that did not skate, it was really difficult for them to understand how much time really was devoted to eating and what you needed to do and the lifestyle changes or choices that I had to make, um, whether it was about eating or kind of activities I did, like what I did after school. So a lot of things that I would do socially was with my skating friends. We would go and, you know, hang out at the mall or we would go and have do dance class all together or on the weekends we'd go see a movie and then hit the dance studio and so that was my experience mm -hmm. you know, like that but when you were um going up uh in in terms of the rigor of sport mm -hmm. uh how important were your was your family and or any mentors that you had how did they play in um your mm -hmm. development yeah, my family was really important. Uh, my mom and my dad took me to the rink. Either one of them would take me to the rink every day, would stay at the rink every day. Some girls would get dropped off and then picked up um, because we would stay there, you know, more than two and a half hours at a time. And so my parents stayed all the time watching me and, you know, socializing with the other parents and, and things like that. Um, but very supportive, you know, um, and I had, a, I have a younger brother who's five years younger than I am. So the other parent would be with, with him, but he would come to the rink when he was very little and, and hang out with all the other little brothers or sisters. So that was kind of fun. So yes, it was definitely a very family oriented and family led, um, uh, experience with, you know, growing up skating. And so, um, you know, with my, the rest of my family, my grandparents, my aunt and uncle, and everybody was very supportive. Um, and I think my grandmother was the worry one, you know, oh, you, you must be so tired. You must be, I'm like, Nana, no, I have to do this. You don't understand. I have to do this. Oh, okay. Okay. But everybody would show up to my competitions and, you know, watch the videos if they couldn't. So that was really sweet. Um, as for mentors, I had, um, a few coaches that I remember in my, in my career that were very, um, very supportive and um and knew kind of how to work with me i think more relational i'm that kind of person i'm just more of a relational person and want to you know see how this is going to help me or or put my input in in to a certain type of program or about that or um you know the type of style i wanted the program to look like or what kind of music i wanted so 
more of the um, the choreographers seemed to really click with me, and I really were they were the early contributors to your dissertation study. I'm seeing it now. Yes, yes, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Yes, the coach athlete relationship is is very prominent. You know, especially in these individual sports, and especially in, in skating. You know, because um, we we do have various coaches for various things. We have a choreographer who choreographs the program and and sets the program, uh, sets the tone, sets the feel, um, tells us what jumps to put in there and where and and what kind of feeling this this part of the program should have and the emotions that we should emote and, you know, and kind of break it down. So I thought that was, I, obviously, now being in this sport, I mean, being in this profession, it, that's the that's where that's where I like to live, obviously. Um, but then we have jump coaches, and then we have our main coach, who's kind of like the the one who kind of set the 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 scene for the whole season. You know what competitions I'm going to enter in. Um, and then there's specialized coaches for power and endurance and and conditioning and spin coaches and and I mean you name it. So you know it just depends on on what you're you know what you need at that time but it's it's very um it's so intimate that you are dissecting things every day every minute and so you need to have that good relationship when you're in there mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, but we interview a lot of athletes and the the athlete uh as you know and but that but what a big difference is they don't get to pick their out they <laughs> you know and it just reminded when you said you you had your tap outfit on you know yes. so did you get involved in like the artistic uh, you know creative part of of that or you'd be you surprised lorinda you know you have football players wearing their like dad's favorite shirt underneath or you know don't let them fool you okay right <laughs> i'm sure they picked something out yeah uh, yeah, baseball yeah. players very superstitious right? oh, well that's true yeah i read i saw 10 cups many many cups so i saw <laughs> that part yeah uh, but you know what I mean, right? Yes. yes. Well, okay. So when I was younger, I had this one program. I was about, um, I think it was about 15. And my choreographer brought me this piece of music. It was James Brown Night Train. Oh. And uh, yeah. and so my mom, she's a fa she was a fashion designer before oh. she had she had us. And so that's what she was. That's what she was working. And she's working in downtown. And so that was her huge contribution to other than, you know, being my mom. <laughs> but she designed all of my costumes. Oh, and so it was fantastic. So you have you have a dressmaker that you go to and you show them the design. And then you go and you see this amazing dress just come to life and you go and get it, you know, fitted. And so I'd have this dress for two years, you'd have a program for years, and you'd swap mm. out the other one. Um, and so this you dress. You have to wear that same dress to every competition? Yes, because you have the same program at every competition. Wow. That wow. should be a laundry commercial right there. Yeah. I mean, that's, yes. that, 
and ripping, you know, ripping. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. So you had to have everything. Everything was spandex. Everything, you know, had to stretch and the, and the jewels had to be sewn in quite perfectly. You know, you couldn't have anything fall off or that was a deduction. You know, the, the skirt had to lay a certain way. You didn't need any write up, you know, um, you know, so it had to fit. And, um, yeah and but you only wore that dress for like you know um an hour tops because you put it on you get ready you wait for your turn you go out there for that four minutes you wait for the results if you got in the top four then you take a picture on the podium you know so it was uh yeah it, it was it was fun to do competitions to it was such a performance fantastic um and that dress was like a high neck um black and white stripe with like black sleeves and a flat skirt and then it was black skirt and then when i would jump underneath it would be chartreuse color so it we made it really fun so I your mom it. could be largely to credit for some of your victory yes yes <laughs> oh definitely and she Her knew jumps it. were like an eight but the costume <laughs> exactly oh, yes 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 oh yeah oh yeah she's very very proud of that yeah well good very great um now i know you had some injuries you uh, alluded to them already um could you tell us a little bit about that and and given again our audience generally has experienced injury um uh give us an example of how, what you went sure so there was there was i think two injuries that were quite um significant for me in my where the i broke my ankle when i was learning the double axle when i was 12. and um at that time i so what had happened my i came down and my token got stuck in the ice but i rotating and so it just cracked my ankle and unfortunately it was in the growth plate area so i needed surgery now coming back from that injury um i need surgery so i had you know a cast and i was off the ice for about like six weeks six to eight weeks and so the recovery time for that um was the same and i couldn't get back on the ice for another like two months after that with um, uh with like uh physical therapy and strengthening and so and then by the time you get back on the ice it's another what four months to get back to where you were so that's kind of a rule of thumb for for skating that we kind of all talk about it's like if you were off the ice for four months it's going to take you that much longer to get back to where you were before you injured yourself so it's a very slow moving recovery time once you get back on the ice um and you know once i broke my ankle and we learned that i needed surgery it was one of those things where either you don't do surgery and you might have a little pain or you do do surgery and we're going to clean it up we're going to put a pin in it you you'll be you know good as new once, once you recover so we went straight to straight to surgery and it was something like well whatever i got to do i got to do you know to get back on the ice it was i think at that point in my career it was something where i was in it i was almost there you know and um i was like knee deep in it neck deep in it needed to get this double axe consistent in order to keep going and before that time or up until that time i was um ending i was um, placing first or second in every competition so it was it was a really good career thus far and then you know coming out of that um i got that you know that wasn't a very consistent jump for me so it kind of always haunted me i'm i you know obviously because of the injury so fast forward to about maybe four years later i 
have a stress fracture in my back. I was about 16. Um, and my back just hurt all the time. I would fall. So I'm learning these triple jumps. I'm falling and I'm pounding and twisting when I fall. So it was just all of, you know, it was just accumulation of all of these this trauma to my back. And so I needed to wear a back brace for about eight, eight weeks. But it was interesting at that time, I was in high school, there was a lot going on, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, and every, all of the attention was, was on skating. If you'd like to listen more, please click on the link for Making the Jump located in the show notes so you can get access to all of the shows and their complete recordings. This is Richard Listens, and I'm out.